Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who should we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. On paper, then 28-year-old Stephen Buchanan seemed a very unlikely candidate to become one of the predators I've caught. He was in the Connecticut National Guard after serving for the U.S. Army in Iraq. He was in Mosul, Camp Merez, apparently as a, some sort of a mechanic who worked on trucks. It's unclear as to whether or not he actually saw any action. He also had gone to the police academy in the state of Connecticut and was on the list to become a police officer, potentially in Stratford, Connecticut. And at the time he became one of the predators I've caught, he was working for the local cable company in Connecticut. Which means 
he very likely could have been in people's homes doing work on their cable systems. And this happens all the time. Obviously, you have a problem with your cable. You call the cable company. The guy or gal comes out and fixes it sometimes from the outside, but sometimes from the inside, which very likely puts Stephen Buchanan inside people's homes without those people knowing what he was capable of. And take it a step further. What if he had become a police officer in Stratford or anywhere else in Connecticut? He would have had to go through some rigorous testing. And maybe his predisposition for having an intense interest, sexual interest, in 13-year-old girls might have surfaced in one of the interviews or psychological profiles. But maybe not. So as you listen to this episode, think about what could have happened while Stephen Buchanan was in the home of a cable customer. Think of what could have happened if Stephen Buchanan had, in fact, become a police officer in the state of Connecticut, carrying a badge and carrying a gun. As you'll hear in just a minute, he was carrying a gun anyway, legally. And we had a sense that was the case before we walked into the house. In Fairfield, Connecticut, the site of this sting, we had a home in an upscale neighborhood not far from Interstate 95. We saw 11 men surface in the course of three and a half days. We worked with a very professional Fairfield Police Department, led at the time by Chief Gary McNamara. And the state's attorney's office in Connecticut was involved in the investigation as well. This was the first Hansen versus Predator branded investigation. We put this together with the help of Tetrid Corps. Tetrid Corps is a group similar to Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group. And Tetrid Corps had some former PJ members involved. Very professional, very good. They're really no longer in existence in terms of working as decoys, but I keep in touch with them, many of them, and they're good folks. There was some disagreement between one of its members and, and the rest of the people, and she splintered off. She was a part of this investigation and, you know, did a good job, but sometimes you get a person who loves the limelight, wants attention, and so much so that it's to the detriment of the rest of the organization. And that's what happened here. But the vast majority of the people at Tetrid Corps really, really were solid. And all of them, for the purposes of this investigation, did a solid job. We had set up in this home, ironically, and this is an interesting story I haven't shared before. The home was owned by a friend of mine, a fellow who was dating a woman who I had known for many years from my then neighborhood in Connecticut. And they had moved in together and he had the home on the market. It was for sale and was not living there at the time. And I went to him and I said, look, this is, this is pretty much ideal for what we do in a predator investigation. We're happy to pay you a location fee. And we worked that out and, and it was an ideal location. It was perfect, close to the interstate, not too close to the other neighbors to cause a problem in the neighborhood. Ironically, years later, the house is then occupied by someone else I know who 
is an agent who represented me in some of the negotiations I've had for television jobs and continues to be a close associate. He ends up moving in with his daughter and rents the house for a time because he was going through a transition and needed a nice house to live in. And ironically, he was very involved in the negotiations for Hanson versus Predator, which ultimately was not a standalone show. It aired in multiple segments on Crime Watch Daily, which was the syndicated crime show that I anchored and reported for for a couple of years from 2016 to 2018. Good show. Just kind of got out of uh, out of the system there when there were a few media mergers, but it was a great show, a great staff. Anyway, back to Stephen Buchanan and back to how he became one of the predators I've caught. Buchanan, as I mentioned, was 28 years old and in the chats, and I'll get to those in just a minute, he is very specific about what he wants to do to this 13-year-old girl. There is no doubt that he knows the girl is 13. It's discussed. And just to make his behavior even more outrageous, if that's possible, Buchanan thinks he's chatting with a 13-year-old girl named Bailey. But we also know that he's been chatting with another decoy from Tetrid Corps named Brittany, also 13. So he's working two girls at the same time. Ultimately, ultimately, he focuses on Bailey. And that's who he eventually shows up to meet in our house. The house was perfectly set up for a predator investigation. There was a kitchen with the island. There was an entryway on the side of the house, so it couldn't be seen necessarily from the street. And the garage was big. There was an area that could be closed off where the Fairfield police had set up. They had monitors to see exactly what was going on in the house. And if for some reason the predator did go into the garage for a minute, he wouldn't see the detectives and the investigators and the police officers. They were in a separate third car area of the garage. And the other great part of the setup was that they could have an unmarked police car in the garage. So once they arrested, for instance, Buchanan, he could be handcuffed, put in the police car, the garage door opens and off they go. We had two on-site decoys, a young man who was uh, a police cadet, college student, nice young guy, and a young woman who was a theater student, 20 years old, but looked much younger, named Nellie, who attended a local university. And she was great. She saw more action than the young man. And she was especially good in the situation with Stephen Buchanan because Buchanan was a handful and a challenge from the get-go. In the background investigation that we were able to do prior to him showing up, we knew from the background work we had done on Stephen Buchanan that he had a permit to carry a handgun. And so we knew it was possible that he would have that gun with him when he showed up to meet who he thought was a 13-year-old girl. And this becomes significant, and you'll hear about it in a moment, as to what we make him do before we let him in the house. And the police, the Fairfield police, are aware of this too. But still, you have to be careful. And it highlights the inherent 
risky nature of these investigations. We try to make them as safe as possible, but it is inherently risky and still is to this day. And that's why it's so important that we collaborate with law enforcement because it lessens that risk to everybody involved. So Nellie, as I mentioned, was a theater student at a nearby university. And she was very, very good. I mean, right up there with Casey Morrow, who's been on this podcast. And she does a great job on this. Now, before she even gets a chance to meet Stephen Buchanan, Buchanan's chatting online with an online decoy from Tetrid Core. Let me give you a sense of that chat, because it's important in terms of what he tells me, his shifting story, his shifting narrative, and how he tries to blame other factors for his behavior. This is the chat log. Hey. Hey, says the decoy. How are you, says Buchanan. Good. Thank you. You? Not bad. Relaxing. I'm Steve. I'm Bailey. Nice to meet you. You too. Have a pick? Yeah, you, she says. Of course. Decoy sends a pick. Steven sends a pick from his days in the army and says, douchebag pick. Have a full body pick. You're stunning, he says, after the girl sends a picture. Thank you. You are really cute, she says. How old are you, says Stephen. Thirteen. Fourteen next month. Okay, right? Right there, he knows, and he acknowledges. Ah, damn, lol. I'm 27. You look older, he says. Thanks. What's the oldest guy you've been with? Now, they've chatted for all of 26 lines here. What's the oldest guy you've been with? And she says, my ex is 18, but he was 17 when we broke up. Sleep with him? He asks. Yeah. So you're not a virgin. Don't judge, she says. LOL, says Stephen. I'm not. That's hot. Decoy says, LOL. When was the last time you got fucked? Okay, now it's gone from, are you a virgin, to using coarse language. And this, again, as we see in virtually every transcript, is this probing, grooming, a conversation starts. The predator raises the specter of sex and then pounces on the ability to see if this child will be offended by something graphic. When was the last time you got fucked? He says, and he is 28, to a 13-year-old girl. She answers, before I moved here. When was that, he wants to know. July, nice. You like sex, he asks? Yeah, do you? Of course, LOL. Have a sexy pick? He asks. My friend got so busted for that, LOL. What about a bikini pick? he asks. Yeah, I got that. Maybe a pic of your ass and yoga pants or something, LOL. Pool pick, she sends. And if you say I look fat, fuck off. You definitely don't, LOL, says Stephen. You can fuck me instead of telling me to fuck off. Wow, what a clever guy Stephen is. Check out the turn of the phrase. Where are you from? She asks. Connecticut, how about you? Same, moved here from California. Have a booty pick, LOL? He asks. Nice, what town? Fairfield, you? Milford. So he's in Milford. And he apparently has a girlfriend at the time of this. It's unclear whether or not he was living with her or living on his own. And I'll get to his current living situation a little bit later here. What do you do, she asks. Yeah, I work for a cable company. What grade are you, he asks. Nine, says the decoy. Nice. Did you fuck your ex before you came here or someone else? 
My ex, LOL, one last time. Do you wear thongs? Mostly boy shorts, she says. How do those look on you? I don't know. I like them. Send a pic, LOL. You mean, fuck me, right? He says. Ha ha ha, for sure. Have kick? So now they're on one social media platform. And they're going to go over to kick, which he believes is a little more private. And I talk about this with him when I confront him in more detail. So they move to kick. And the first words he types... Fuck me tonight. LOL. Yeah, right, she says. Laughing my ass off, he says. What's up? Never mind. What's good? Thanks for the pick, LOL. I haven't been on kick in a while. Steven says. LOL, you like that, huh? So this is the pick he sends. Now that they're on kick, he sends a pick of his genitals. And he asks, as you heard, you like that, huh? Big for you, he asks. Yeah, way big, she says. Interested in meeting and going out sometime, he asks. Yeah, if you are. Yeah, why not, he says. How long have you been here? Two months, she answers. Anyone show you around yet? No, not really. I went to a pizza place and shopping with friends, lol. That's it. I can show you around if you'd like, says Stephen Buchanan. When are you free? Free? And now this whole conversation goes into how she's going to be free this weekend, her living arrangement, how her mother sometimes travels to the city, and how her father and mother are divorced and the father doesn't live there, obviously. Father lives in California. I'll show you around Fairfield County, he says. Nice, she answers. Where do you live again? In Fairfield. Now, this is the third time. So he's now going to focus on getting over there and actually meeting this girl and having sex with her. Send me a full body pic, he asks again. Please? Give me a minute, says the decoy. Okay, hon. Mom right here. LOL. Gonna take a sexy body pic? No, she's right here, the decoy says. Would you if she wasn't? LOL. Nope. I already got that lecture. Let me find out in person, he asks. I think you want to find out about me also, he says. Maybe. Mmm, says Stephen. Are you needing to get laid? He asks. Are you, she says. I don't know, LOL. So now he's going to play this cat and mouse game a little bit, knowing that she's only 13 years old. And he keeps talking about showing her around, like he's the welcome wagon of Fairfield County, Connecticut, and claims no hooking up at all. How tall are you again? Sorry, I had to go to dance class. I'm 5'2". So what would you have done if I said yeah when you asked if I wanted to fuck tonight? LOL, she asks. I would have said maybe, or what until we actually have met? Ha ha ha, she says. I'd fuck the shit out of you, though. Wow, here we go, Stephen. Oh, really? The decoy continues. Sounds fun. Mmm, says Stephen. You want to fuck me, huh? I'm not going to put it out there just like that. What about you, she asks. LOL, likewise. Let's just be friends. Okay, so now he's testing her, probing. He asks, how's dance class? I'm done. The instructor had an emergency. Oh, that sucks. Are you free tonight? He wants to know. Sorry, had to get stuff for my mom's trip. Uh, okay, hon. So who are you going to be with Thursday night? Myself, she says. For how long? Till Sunday. Ah, okay. You drink, not beer. 
I like rum and pineapple juice, though. Okay, how do you get to school? I walk. Then he talks about, I can drive you to school. That's creepy. I mean, the whole thing's creepy, but that's especially creepy. So that's how he's going to get his entree into her life, to drive her to school? She says, well, it's a five-minute walk. I don't need that. And he gets back to wanting a new full-body pic. And there's talk of Snapchat. And she says she'll send a pic tomorrow. And then there's some more talk about different social media platforms and where he can find pictures of her. And then he makes it extraordinarily clear and graphic as to what he wants to do. Ah, gonna fuck? LOL, I don't know. I don't fuck everyone, LOL. LOL, want me to spend the night Thursday so you're not alone? She asks, you gonna protect me? LOL, sure, I can sleep on the couch if you'd like, so now he's gaming again. Or would you prefer me in bed with you? I don't know, she says. I sleep in boxes or naked, LOL. She says, I sleep in football jerseys. Where would you like me? In bed cuddling with you? I don't know, seriously. Just because I've had sex doesn't mean I fuck everyone. Just the ones are cute, LOL. So, should I just grab your ass and pick you up and start kissing you? Actually, if you wanted, that would be cool, she says. Where should I bring you to while I have you in my hands? Do you want that when we meet or at your place? If I grab your ass and pick you up to kiss you, would you prefer that when we met or at your house? That's your decision, LOL, whenever you feel it. LOL, Stephen says, well, if we do it at your place, we can either go to your bed or the couch and make out. You wear thongs, right? Not really. Boy shorts mostly, she says. Okay, wear the sexiest boy shorts you own and the sexiest bra, too. Then short shorts and a sexy shirt, okay. Like being told what to do, he asks. I hate guessing what a guy really feels. Okay, so now he's trying to close the deal on what exactly they're going to do. You know you're going to shower with me Thursday night. Oh, yeah? I'm going to pick you up and put you against the shower wall. She says, I weigh 112 pounds. Can you lift that much? Oh, yes, I can, babe. Like the sound of this, babe? Should I slide my hard cock inside you when I'm holding you up against the wall, or should I decide myself? Are you being real, she says? Let's say I am. If I have you up against the shower wall, what would you tell me? I'd say, damn, you're strong. LOL, should I fuck you right then and there, or just look into your eyes as I reach between us and grab my cock and thrust it inside you? All right, this is about as graphic as you can get. And remember, he knows he's talking to a 13-year-old girl. Do you want my dick in you in the shower when I have you up against the wall as we're making out? Or should I wait until we dry off and fuck you in bed? Feels pretty good while the water is hitting you also, babe. 13 years old. Then we can go to bed and I can fuck you doggy style. Wow, she says. Like the sound of that, huh, babe? And this goes on for a while longer. And he actually makes a phone call as well as he's heading over. Take a listen. Hello? Hi. Hey. What's up? Not much. Just working on some homework. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Should I look forward to me showing you around tonight? Yeah. I'll show you things uh, in like first floor and stuff like that and whatnot. Okay. So, and no iPhone or anything? I don't know. <laughs> Why? I was wondering because I, I was like, 
I don't know. I was like, okay, I could do this. In the phone call, the decoy asks if he's going to bring the iPhone because one of the things they talked about in the chat is that maybe they would take a video of the two having sex and send it to the ex-boyfriend, now 18, 17 at the time they allegedly had sex, to make him jealous. And so you heard her ask on the phone conversation, the recorded call, if he's going to bring the iPhone. And he sort of giggles nervously and talks about that for a second. And she seems to back off of that because she's afraid that the ex-boyfriend might send the video to her father. And they talk about that for a minute. Take a listen. Like, for the last few days, I was, like, trying to, like, do I really want to, like, piss off the ex? Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to risk it? I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, you didn't risk it? Like, I didn't want to, like, have him, like, tell my dad or something. Ah. He'd be like, you know, your girl's out there in Connecticut fucking dudes. <laughs> my dad would be like, oh, God. Like I said, I'll show you around, like, places to stay out of, places to go there and stuff like that. Okay, cool. I'll take you later on. Okay, bye. All right, bye. In spite of all the earlier sex talk online, Buchanan is now saying that he's just going to show her around. He wants her to be comfortable and that if they decided to do more later, that's fine. So again, he's got the welcome wagon speech going. And he does show up. And this represents Stephen Buchanan showing up. One of the most tense moments in the history of our predator investigations. Now, we've talked about this in detail. Ron Knight, who is my security guy, is there, obviously, and we had some other people there as well, and the police from Fairfield in the garage. But we had to have a lengthy discussion with Nellie, the on-site decoy, and make sure she was comfortable with the fact that she was going to stay in the house, talk to the predator outside the house, and have a dialogue and give him instructions so that we could be comfortable in the fact that he didn't have his weapon with him. Now, we know he's got a permit to carry and to possess a handgun. When somebody does and has that and has a military background and has applied to be a police officer, you have to believe there's a potential at least for him. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Him to be carrying the gun on him when he shows up, for whatever reason. Once a gun comes into that predator house, we've got a very difficult situation. What if he pulls the gun? What if he decides to take a shot at me? What if he decides to shoot himself? Probably none of that would go down because Ron Knight is going to protect me. But what if the guy figured out that this was a predator investigation and was going to you know, make some sort of a scene? What if he had a relative who was caught in an earlier sting? We don't know any of those things, so we have to be absolutely as careful as possible. Yet, the uncertainty 
of the process is admittedly what makes these shows, these stories so compelling to watch. And so we have this lengthy meeting with Nellie. And I got to tell you, she was superb. I'd like to have her on this podcast. I reached out on social media and we've not actually had a conversation about it, but I will, I will try to get her on. So he rolls up. We have cameras outside. We see him walking up the, the sidewalk. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. When I prepare and research for each episode of the Predators I've Caught podcast, I immerse myself in the material so I can provide you an experiential podcast to take you inside the mind of the predator. And I often do this around the dinner hour. And what I've found is that if I want to eat well, if I want to eat healthy, HelloFresh is a great solution for me. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, right to the apartment here, and they can deliver to your home too, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skimping on quality. It's really good stuff. And they, they give it to you so it's not hard to prepare. And you can skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you, you know, the wait in the lines. And it also ensures that you don't waste money on excess food. And especially if you're you know, eating solo like I do often or just with one other person, my spouse, Gabrielle. HelloFresh cuts back on time that you spend in the kitchen. Gives you more time to have a seat and listen to my podcast, actually. Meals ready in around 30 minutes or less sometimes. I think it will work well for you. So have a seat right over there and go to HelloFresh.com slash Hanson16 and use the code Hanson16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Hanson16. And use code Hanson16 for up to 16 meals and three free gifts. I'll be watching. I'm going to play for you now this interaction between Nelly and Buchanan. The entire thing goes about four minutes. Take a listen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't come any further, please. Uh. I'm just so freaked out about the whole gun thing after today. Uh, my cousin lives in Newton, Newtown, and I'm just really scared. Can, can you just, like, prove to me right now that you don't have a gun? Can you turn around? Mm. I'm sorry. I don't want you to think I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I, I trust I understand. Okay. Bailey, Nelly, the onside decoy, says to Buchanan that she had a cousin who was in Newtown. Newtown is the city in Connecticut where 26 people were murdered by one gunman one afternoon. I covered that story. It's commonly referred to as Sandy Hook. This is when a young man named Adam Lanza took a gun from his home where he lived with his mother and decided to shoot up the school. Initial reports were that a couple people were shot transferred to the hospital. When I started to report on the story, I got a hold of an FBI agent who I knew who was going into a meeting on the shooting. And I said, call me back and let me know what happened there, what's going on, so I know how to respond. He calls me back a few minutes later and says, are you sitting down? I said, yes. He said, 20 kids have been killed and six adults. I said, oh my God. And that became the beginning of our coverage of the Newtown massacre, still one of the worst 
things I've ever covered in my career. So to convince Stephen Buchanan that he needed to go through these physical contortions and tests outside our sting house, Nellie tells him that she was Freetown, as you'll hear, and that her cousin was in Newtown. And he complies. He turns around, he lifts his shirt, he does all these things to prove to who he thinks is a 13-year-old girl that he's not carrying a gun. Later, we find out where the gun is, but it's not on his person at the moment. She says, I've never done this before. He creeps up close to the door so they can have this conversation. He's adamant that he wants her to come with him. He doesn't want to come into the house. And I'm not sure whether he thought it was potentially a trap, whether he was trying to create some plausible deniability, or whether he had something more evil in mind to take this girl for a ride, to maybe teach her how to drive his vehicle in a parking lot somewhere, to go out and get something to eat. And when you hear in a minute, and some of you may already know what Buchanan had in his car, you have to really wonder what he was up to. It's chilling. Some have described it as a kill kit or rape kit. Now, when you see the video of him approach, it's even eerier because he kind of sneaks up, slithers, if you will. And it's it's Halloween. It's October 2015. So there are pumpkins and Halloween decorations as there would be at any home. We make these homes look just like any other home. Now, I'm watching this interaction between Nellie and Stephen Buchanan listening. And it's becoming clear in my mind that he may not walk into the house. And if he bolts, he becomes like some of the other predators who I would love to talk to, but who leave and are arrested by police. And, and again, that's justice. And we do get video of the interrogation with police, and they do a great job. Sometimes they get information I don't get many times. So we have that. But I do want to get him into the kitchen. And so I start to creep out and I can no longer hear from the monitor in the next room. So I'm, I'm straining to listen to the conversation between Nellie and Buchanan. And I get right to the corner, to the very corner, just before he can see me. And I start to come out and I step back because she's doing such a good job at continuing the conversation. And all this material is very important to hear. And to show. Now, we don't always show every bit of it on television, but we capture the essence. Listen to the last part of it here. Are you still <laughs> nervous? Uh, I'm nervous too. You should want to do it. It's raining. I feel so bad. Sorry. What, what do you want to do? I'll show you how fair it is. Fairfield, Westport. You got some food if you want. Like what? I don't know. What do you, what do you like? I don't know, I just ate my bottom. I feel like I'm hungry. <laughs> you want me to show you around? You want me to show you around? I'm nervous. He says, I'm nervous too. Oh, he should be nervous, all right. This conversation between Nellie and Stephen Buchanan, as I mentioned earlier, goes about four minutes. It seemed to me like about 40 minutes, quite honestly. And I decide it's time for me to make my move, to try to bring him inside. He's relaxed a little bit. And he's discussing options for their evening. But I got to bring him in. 
and so I do the best I can. Stephen, I'm going to need the top to permit. Please come in. Come on in. Why don't you take a seat right over there? Stephen, I'm going to need to talk to you for a minute. Now, because of the masterful way our on-site decoy handled this, he was invested. She was smart enough to say, okay, I'm not going to leave here. I'm sorry this didn't work out. And now he's going to have to go away empty-handed. So he's inching closer to the door, but we still don't know if he's going to come in. So that's when I say, Stephen, I'm going to need to talk to you for a minute. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't try to bolt. He marches right into the kitchen. And it's interesting because we've had some former military guys before. And almost without exception, they respond to authority. You may remember the military guy who got down on his knees in the prisoner of war position. And there have been others. And I think they do fall into this cooperating with authority mode. And he marched right into the kitchen. Now, he's got his hands in his pocket, and I'm mindful about the weapon thing. So I, I get him to take his hands out of the pocket. And I start right in with my line of questioning. Take a listen. Please take your hands out of your pockets. Right, sir. What was on the agenda tonight? I was honestly, I was just going to take her out and show her around. Take her out and show her around where? Fairfield. Fairfield. That's it. And what exactly were you going to show her? The beach, sites to go to, places to not go to, like Bridgeford, P.T. Barnum. So you're the welcome wagon here in Fairfield. You're just going to do a favor for a 13-year-old girl. When it becomes clear to Stephen that this welcome wagon excuse is not going to fly with me, he physically puts his elbows down on the table, lowers his head, and says, well, and now he's going to tell me a different story, a bit of a convoluted story about how his cousin, when she moved to Connecticut, to this area, fell for the same sort of thing where she went for a ride with somebody and she was assaulted. And he apparently, being the great guy Stephen Buchanan is, wanted to save Bailey from the same fate. And he tries to spin that story for me. What happened was, when my cousin came, right? she did the same thing. When your cousin came, she did the same thing, what do you mean? Older person. An older person came over and showed your 13-year-old around town. And what happened in that case? She got assaulted. She got assaulted. And I was in the Army. And I I don't like people doing that. I I didn't want to make... So let me get this straight. You had a cousin who was 13 who moved to town here. Stratford. Stratford. Yes. Right down the road. Yes. And she was contacted by an adult. Yes. Who picked her up and sexually assaulted her. Not sexually assaulted her, but was born in hands and stuff like that, and she got scared. And she told you about that? Yes. And you decided, because you're former military and still in the National Guard, right? Yes. That you were going to come over and show this 13-year-old girl around so she'd be safe? Yes. And you want me to buy that? I'm telling you the truth, sir. I'm telling you the truth, sir. Yeah, I've heard that before. I also ask him if he brought condoms. He says no. There weren't any on him, but he had some in his car. And that's not all he had in his vehicle. We'll get to that in just a minute. So I continue to break down Buchanan's story. At this point, his head is 
hung low, he's hunched over. His first excuse didn't work. His second excuse didn't work. And I'm trying to get him to admit to what he's done here and to his real intention. And so what is all this talk between you and a girl you think is 13? You know you're going to shower with me Thursday night. What night is this? Then I'm going to have you ride me, babe, as my hand grabs your ass and I blank your blanks. Now that doesn't exactly back up your story about being the protector of Fairfield County, Connecticut, does it? No, sir. But what am I to make of this? There's a horrible lapse in judgment. A horrible lapse in judgment. A horrible lapse in judgment. He admits this. And he wasn't just talking to one 13-year-old girl online. He was talking to two 13-year-old girls online. Two different profiles set up by Tetrid Core. Bailey, who he came to meet, and Brittany, who he was also chatting with. And this is where he deploys the PTSD excuse. Post-traumatic stress from his time in the military. Now, there are varying accounts as to whether or not he was a mechanic or he was a truck driver. We believe he did some of each. But no one has ever come forward to say that he saw any real action in the war. Maybe he did. I've never gone to war, so I can't testify about PTSD. But I do know that it's no excuse for raping a child, no matter what. Yet that's what he tries to do, is to create an excuse and to blame his horrible lapse in judgment on his service to our country in Iraq. Listen to this. I've never been the same since I deployed to Iraq. Iraq. It's tough, tough stuff over there. I haven't been the same. Where were you in Iraq? Mosul. Mosul. Camp Merez. You saw action. Yes, sir. How did that impact you? Terribly. Did you get help for it? I tried, but but the whole the VA situation what? they just weren't weren't helpful. And I thought I could just write it up. Write Was it PTSD? It's just I don't know, I, I do have problems sleeping at night. He has trouble sleeping, he says. He tries to talk to people about it, and they just tell him to suck it up. Well, a lot of people have trouble after serving in the military. And maybe it's true he had a sleep disorder because of that. He suffered some level of PTSD. But he went to work every day at the cable company. He was able to be on a list to become a police officer. He functioned in society. So I don't see it as a valid excuse in any way, shape, or form, and ultimately a judge didn't either, for this sort of, quote-unquote, terrible lapse in judgment. I press him on this whole notion that he wasn't actually going to do anything. He claims it was the first time he'd ever chatted with somebody underage online. And I remind him that there were two girls, actually, he thought he was chatting with and that it actually started on Whisper, then went to Kick, and then went to cell phone texts. And he maintains that he was 
having second thoughts. He wasn't going to go through with it, which I don't buy. I'm saying all together, first time on a chat site like this. So these two girls were the first time? Right. And you decided to come visit Bailey tonight. Why? Did you bring condoms? No, I did not. But your intent seems pretty clear I, from this discussion you had. Yes, but like then I told her afterwards, after I thought about it again, I told her we weren't going to do nothing tonight. You went from whisper to kick to your cell phone. Then he claims that in the texts he sent to the 13-year-old girl, that he made it clear his intention was only to show her around. And he did talk about showing her around. But there was, as we talked about a short while ago, all this sex talk. And remember, as you listen to his excuse, his defense, remember that in his car, he had a number of items that would indicate a more evil intent. And again, we'll get into that in just a second here. He actually tries to show me the part of his text conversation that would somehow get him out of trouble and reaches into his pocket for his phone. And that makes me a little anxious because I still don't know exactly what's in his pocket. Take a listen. I didn't tell her that I had, after I was thinking, I had no intentions, just showing her around. But that is not indicated in the text. It should be. Can, can, I, can I show you on? on I don't want you to reach in your pocket. Can, can you reach him? What pocket is it? Go ahead, pull it off. I said, let's just hang out later. No hooking up whatsoever. I know, but you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like somebody who's trying to create some kind of a plausible excuse after all the other graphic conversations you had with her. And at the end of the day, you showed up after circling the house. I understand. You circled the house, you pulled in the driveway, you pulled out. You wanted her to get in the car with you, not even having met. That's a little creepy, I gotta tell you, Steve. I understand. And I did not bring any comments with me. And that was a big lie. Because after I let him go, Buchanan walks into the garage where he's met by Fairfield police. He is handcuffed and put into the back of the car, the unmarked police car. And his vehicle is searched and guess what was found? Not only the gun loaded, but a camera capable of taking video, duct tape, and rope. What was Stephen Buchanan really going to do with a 13-year-old girl in his vehicle, which had a gun loaded, duct tape, rope, and a camera capable of taking video? Oh, and by the way, he was lying about the condoms, too, because there were condoms in the vehicle. What was he going to do with that girl? We may never know. And while he never shared his real plans for the evening, he did break down. And he was sobbing, sobbing in the car after his arrest. Did he have a plan? I, you know, you tell me. A loaded gun, condoms a camera capable of taking video, duct tape, and rope. What fantasy was he going to play out in his vehicle in a dark parking lot someplace? I shudder to think of the possibilities. But I truly believe this investigation saved 
someone, a young woman, from being a victim of Stephen Buchanan. He was taken away, crying the whole way, and these detectives are very savvy. They try to calm him down. They tell him that it's best if he cooperates. He's brought into the police station, read his rights, and he waves his right to a lawyer and starts to tell his story to the detective, which is essentially the same story he tells me. But he does go a step further in the interview with detectives and and admits that, in fact, he talked about sex and it's pretty clear that's what he wanted to do with the girl. Listen to the detective's interaction with Buchanan. When you say um, you, know, you were talking about doing things that took it to sexual, a, to a different sexual thing. Yes, sir. So what, what are, when you say sexual, just give me an idea of what some of those sexual things, what does that uh, mean? Oral sex. Okay. Um, penetration and showering. Okay. You know, kissing and all, all that stuff. All know, that, all everything that comes with kissing. And you, and you, you indicated that you want to do these things with her. Yes, sir. In the event that you got to see and meet her. Yes, sir. In terms of why he had a gun with him, and he told the detectives about this when they arrested him, that there was a gun in his car, he claimed that he always carried a gun with him for protection. At the moment that you were taken into custody, you were very open and honest about letting us know that you had your gun in the car. Yes, sir. Um, why would you have brought that with you? Is that just do- I, I, I always carry it. I always carry it. In addition to the gun and the holster and the knife, there was also other things in the car that we found. Do you know what those things could be? And condom box? Yeah, we found condoms in the car. Yeah, that's part of what we found. Yeah. Uh, computer. Do I have a camera? Yes, I, I keep that in there. If, if you were me sitting in this chair, knowing that you did eventually show up and inside your car in the same bag, we find the condoms, the gun, and a camera. And if you were sitting in my seat... I, I see uh, how bad it looks. Ultimately, Buchanan tells the detectives he sees how this looks, but maintains that he wasn't going to go into the house and that he just wanted to take the girl for a ride. Buchanan pleaded guilty and was sentenced to eight years in prison. He had to serve three. The rest of the sentence was suspended. He had to be on probation and register as a sex offender. The judge took note of his claim of having PTSD, but seemed to dismiss it in terms of any sort of a defense for his behavior. So did a publication that I came across for members of the military. Popularmilitary.com did an article on Buchanan's arrest calling into question his claims of PTSD and that his service may have had some sort of influence on what he did. The judge also questioned this, and while he thanked Buchanan for his service to our country, he said this, You believe these two were real 13-year-old girls. You discussed the sex acts you wanted to perform on them, and then you went over there. Buchanan, for his part, told the judge that the situation has given me a new outlook in life. I hope I can help out other veterans, he said, who are going through the same problem I am. I want to say thank you to the detectives who arrested me. Because of you, I am still here on this planet today. You know what I mean. 
I wanted to know a little bit more about what Buchanan meant. So I reached out to him. We had researched where Buchanan is today. And as far as we can tell, he still lives in Connecticut with his parents. And he's working, driving a a large truck. In fact, he was cited last year for running a stop sign and being involved in a minor incident driving that truck. I called the number we had for Stephen Buchanan, and a man picked up, and it it actually sounded a little bit like Stephen Buchanan, and I I asked for Stephen, and right away the man said, is this Chris Hansen? Now, I know I have a recognizable voice, and I said, yes, it is. He says, why are you calling? I said, I'm calling for Stephen Buchanan, and we do a podcast, and we follow up with predators I've caught, and I'd like to speak with him about his life today, and the circumstances that brought him into one of my investigations. And the father had the tone of a man exasperated with having to deal with the circumstances around his son. He told me that Stephen has moved on with his life and essentially that he wants to only look forward and that he never, ever wanted to talk to me. And then the senior Buchanan asked that I never call the number again. A request I will honor. We don't harass people. But I do feel it's important to to reach out to all of the predators I've caught. And I will continue to do so. In fact, as you probably know by now, we're chatting with a few who I hope will appear on this show to talk about their situations. And I think it would be interesting for a number of reasons. So we will continue to try. In the meantime, if you heard last week's episode, you'll remember that I talked about the transcripts between the predator and the decoy and the reference to the word buzz appearing over and over again. And I mused out loud as to what that could have been. And and several of you send me emails at the Chris at PredatorPodcast.com address, which I appreciate and encourage, explaining that this was a feature back in the day on the Yahoo chats. If you were reaching out to try to contact somebody while you were instant messaging, it would make this irritating buzz sound and in fact be transcribed as such. Buzz, buzz. And that's what this particular predator was doing. Thank you for everybody who wrote in. I appreciate that very much. As you know, I encourage you all to also send me your questions via audio file. And we have another this week. This week's question comes from Lynn in Wisconsin. Hi, Chris. I'm Lynn from Wisconsin, and I'm a huge fan of your To Catch a Predator and Killer Instinct series. I love your work. Please keep doing what you're doing. Now, I have a question for your podcast. I was wondering if you've ever had anyone contact your online decoys, maybe to say, hey, you're too young to be on here, or if you've ever had anyone just having innocent conversations with your decoys. Thank you, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Lynn. That's an excellent question. We have had people online contact decoys and either get scared away because they realize the decoy is 12, 13, or 14 years old. And there have been a few times when somebody has said, you shouldn't be on here. This is dangerous. Mostly, though, what we see 
when it comes to wanting to protect a child online is the excuse the predator comes up with after he's caught in her house. Now, remember, of the hundreds of men who've contacted the decoys posing as children online who show up, there are thousands more, maybe millions, who don't even pay attention to the profile in the chat room or get involved with anybody who's underage because it's wrong. So we're still talking about a very minuscule part of the population, but a disturbing number nevertheless. And I can tell you that it continues because, as I've mentioned, we're out shooting predator investigations for new series. And just a month or so ago, guys were showing up for teenage children, boys and girls. And we'll have more on where those new investigations will air very soon. In the meantime, don't forget to check out the shows I have on Discovery Plus, the YouTube channel, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen, and on Cameo as we approach Valentine's Day. Just make sure your Valentines are appropriate. In the meantime, thanks for listening. As always, don't forget to leave a review, subscribe. I'll be watching and listening. If you need to get me, you can do so at Chris at predatorpodcast.com.